0: You are listening to I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a community theater podcast.
1: A backstage look at community theater from the point of view of the cast and crew. Hello, theater
0: family! I'm Travis. And
1: I'm Laura. And this is another, welcome to another installment of I Can't, I Have Rehearsal, a community theater podcast.
0: So today we're going to be talking about having multiple creative outlets, so going beyond community theater a little bit and talking about other ways that a creative person can get all that out.
1: Yep. (laughs) All that pent-up emotion, all of that
0: (laughs) excess drama. (laughs) Exactly. So this is like a multiple creative outlet for Laura and I, having our own podcast, so we're going to be talking to somebody today that takes his creative juices and puts them into other projects as well. Yes. Who is that?
1: Who is that? Oh, yes, of course. Welcome, Nick Corey.
2: Hi, thanks for having me, guys. It's yeah. a pleasure. Of course. Awesome, we're so glad you
0: could do this. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you're it's kind one. of you were like the first person we thought of. Oh, when we wanted to do this podcast. Wow, well that's yeah an honor. Yeah, no, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel was a great guest too, and we really were like, okay, those are probably like you know if we get them now, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's like, good. You know, before right? people oh, find my... out that this may not be great, like, let's, do <laughs> right, yeah, let's yeah, just get them in early so like, they can't back out on <laughs> us later on before this, like, really gets into it. Yeah. That's a good strategy, though. That You Pretty know, it worked. Strategy. Yeah, it did. You know, we hmm. got you here. Doors are locked, right? Right.
2: You know, okay. you know? Yeah, I didn't know there were so many bars on the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your theater background to start, Nick. So give right. us kind of a taste of, you know, you as an actor, how you got started,
2: mm-hmm. Well, um, I've always been someone, at least probably in the last decade or so, who I've looked at various creative outlets, like you say, and it's usually something that I look at and I go, I I can do that. Like, I can try that. And that's kind of what happened. And honestly, Facebook just reminded me of it. I think it was five years ago on Valentine's Day. I was hanging out with a bunch of single friends because we were all single at the time. So we went out to eat and I was... Uh, Looking for stuff to do in the area and it turns out that something funny happened on the way to the forum was playing And I had never seen a show in Brainerd And I think I've only seen one production before that even and so I was just like hey guys Let's just go to this musical. It sounds like it could be fun something different and so we went and I remember seeing people like um, Mitchell Dahlman and Kevin Yeager was the one who really blew me away in that one because he came out on stage dressed in that Roman garb and like really commanding the stage, and I was just like, "I could try that." The like, man knows how to dress. He definitely. does, he really both does. on and off stage, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, always an inspiration. Um, but I was just like, "I think I could try that," and so then I took an acting class uh, the following semester at CLC, uh, taught by Patrick Spradlin. And in that, he had, one of the projects was he had us do a scene from a play called Dearly Departed. And so I acted in that. And then at the end of the course, he said, um, you know, Nick, I want to do Dearly Departed for a summer production. I think you should audition. And that started my long trend of if the director asks me to audition, I better audition. Um, And I did, and that was my first production, was that following summer. So I think it was 2013 around there, i think so. Okay. Yeah. And then i've just been whatever show like i did a few in a row and then um you know life changes and everything happens and all that. Right. And uh so i do wa- i do shows whenever i can. Um but it's probably come out to about one a year now recently. But yeah, that's how i got started into it, so. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so, we should probably mention that Nick is
1: Award-winning. He's an
0: award-winning actor. Another
1: award-winning. I, mean, I mean, we're so show. we're so
0: lucky to be graced very with all lucky. Of this talent around my table. Just emanating. I just hopefully it rubs off on us. <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> we need Some sort of luck. I mean, gosh. it didn't go so well for us in the Lambies, but whatever. <laughs> no, but seriously, you had a what was the name mm-hmm. of that character? Uh, Billy Billy in play on you know? yeah, mm-hmm. so you were awarded the Lambie for best supporting actor in that play Which I think was really well-deserved. I really enjoyed your performance yeah. in that. Thank you So give us a little insight into what that felt like when they said your name when you realized oh,
2: wow Um 100% wasn't expecting it and this was another situation where um, I didn't even know if I'd be able to make it to the gala or not, sure. and I had told that to Kevin pretty early on. I was like, it sounds really awesome, I wish I could, but because of the nature of my job, as you guys have mm-hmm. learned with setting this up, mm-hmm. Saturdays are such a nebulous idea. Like, I don't know when I'll start exactly, I don't know when I'm gonna end. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I told him, I'm like, I could get done at 7, you know, and then I could be showing up there almost 8 o'clock, and everything's already done by that point. Well, right. the big, you know, stuff is already done. Sure. And he said to me, he's like, well, he's like, I think it's really important that you go. He said, of, of most of the people who are nominated, you're one of the few who is uncertain at this point. And I was, and so we went back and forth a little bit. And I was like, he sounds like he, you know, he really wants me to be there, and I want to support this because it's such an important thing. I mean, it's the yeah. first ever gala. Yeah, this right. is huge. So I was like, all right, my wife and I are planning a trip out of town that weekend. We were gonna go after work on Saturday. We'll move it to Sunday. I'll say I can go. Even if I'm there at 7.30, I'll show up. She's sure. like, great. Well, it turns out I got done at 3 that day. Surprising. <laughs> I mean, thank God, but I did not the expect stars that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was able to get there beforehand, and the whole time I'm there, it was, I, I get very nervous when I'm around a lot of, even if I'm around people of like interests, it's if I don't know how I fit into that group, sure. I tend to be quiet and just kind of find my own way. And luckily I found the table with you and George and Bree Bree set that yeah. up. And it was everyone, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? It was everyone yeah. a bunch of people I knew, a couple people I didn't, but I made some new friends and and just sitting there and then they get to the best supporting actor and the whole time I'm like, don't even look at this podium, don't look at the person announcing it, just I'm like, just just sit here and, and whatever happens, happens and just let it happen. And I was totally like set on this concept that I was gonna be at the table the whole time. And then I hear my name called, and it was like, first, my heart dropped. And then I stood up, and I seriously thought about, can I run to the door? Can I make it out of here? Like, I did not want (laughs) to go near that podium. Yeah, like, I just, (laughs) oof. And so then I went up there, had the picture taken, and I said some awkward words and everything, and sat back down, but I just, totally unexpected. Like, never, I mean, especially looking at the people I was, I was nominated with. I can't imagine that, that I got the award, and they didn't, because they did such wonderful work.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such a weird thing to be now I mean I know it, like in the professional world when you look at the Tonys it's like I'm sure they all know each other as well. Sure, right. right. But right. it's such, such a, a, like a different caliber. Yeah. But True. like when you come from a small community like this, it's you know these people are not only your friends, sometimes they're your best friends. Yeah. You oh, know? Sure, yeah. you've yeah. built this community and you've built all these shows together and mm-hmm. now you're like nominated for the same thing. I know Ben Gordon and I had a really like big heart to heart about Mm. that when we were both nominated. It was Mm. like, okay, this isn't going to change us. (laughs) This doesn't change our relationship. Like, I'm going to be happy for you. You're going to be happy for me.
2: Mm.
0: You know, but I think it's... I think we, we talked about it with Rachel a little bit too. It's good, I think, that we have this kind of thing because it's always nice to be recognized.
2: Yeah, and you know, I remember Kevin talking about it early on and I really agree with his stance on it where he said that how can you take one person's acting in one role in one production and compare it to another one and how can you say which one is truly better? Because they're yeah. both going to approach it differently and they're going to have their own strategies and all that. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who are more experienced and some who are less experienced and that shows as well. But but you're right, the recognition does... It, it, does a lot to both um, inspire continuous work and also to encourage other people to then have something to kind of shoot
0: for. Them. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. I mean, even in the production that I'm in now, we're all talking about, oh, I wonder if we'll, I wonder if we'll get this <laughs> already <play next> here. <laughs> no, and I'm like, it good. just happened, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, a month, one yeah, month later. And everybody settle down. There's a long preparing time you, before we get your there. speeches for when you yeah, get it, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you think about it, and I think, like you said, it motivates you to it kind is, of, yeah. you know, even though you're kind of giving your all in the performance, if you can give you know, 120% instead of 110, Yeah. you know, it's only going to enhance what you're doing up there in the moment, so. So, uh, you were just cast, let's talk about it, Yeah. in Uh, the lead role of your first musical. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Well, it's true, Uh, I mean. (laughs) no, it is
2: true, it's just, I just, I still have trouble believing that, and we're doing rehearsals, like, we're in week three of rehearsals,
0: and I still have trouble believing that. And I'm I'm super excited because that's our first show together. Yeah. And we actually get to play off each other pretty much the Quite whole a bit, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been ever since I've watched you as an actor, I've told you in every production. I'm like, God, I, I, I wanna work with <laughs> you so bad. It'd be so much fun. So
1: And musicals are a different beast. So, yeah. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about approaching this?
0: Um, right now, I'm just trying
2: to absorb everything I can and learn everything I can. And I've said this multiple times to the people at rehearsals, um, the other actors and all that. But uh, the around this area, the, there's kind of this group that does musicals. Mm-hmm. Like every musical that comes out, they do it and it's always kind of this rotating cast of, sim- yeah, and Tra- <laughs> Travis, you know, Travis, you know all about it. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's great, that's yeah. awesome <laughs> that you have that that thing that you do, and this is my first one, as you mentioned, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like inserting myself into this group that's already established as like we are the Brainerd Lakes area, the Greater Lakes area musical group, and so in a way it almost sort of feels like it's my first production because I'm I know a couple people, but I've never done a musical before, so it's totally mm-hmm. different. And it's like, I remember sitting down during auditions and Patrick sat next to me because he knew I was really nervous and we're chatting a little bit. And I said, so are we doing any line readings tonight? And he said, probably not. <laughs> and I said, oh. And he goes, why? And I said, well, because I wanted to do something I knew I could do, you right? know what I mean? And now looking at the play, I'm like, oh, I see why there's no line readings because I have no lines. Like, yeah. I'm all <laughs> sure, singing.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so yeah, I'm, I've been listening to the soundtrack every day. I've been taking every pointer I can from everyone else who's there, really mm. just trying to learn what I can do so that I'm not up there center stage and dropping everything and messing up and having to improv my
0: way through it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So we should preface, we're actually putting on a production of Young Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. At at Central Lakes College with Brainerd Community Theater. Patrick Spradlin is directing um, and Nick is going to be playing the role of Frederick... Frankenstein mm-hmm. or Steen Frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> affectionate you guys will find out about that when you come and see the show <laughs> buy, buy your tickets early um, so I remember in the audition process I remember, <laughs>
3: it was a wreck I remember it was like
0: a wreck. He had mentioned something about how he was like, I'm really actually thinking about leaving. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. And, like, we turned around and he was gone at one point. Oh, my God. Like, we were all talking and we turned around to, like, talk to him and he was gone. And Rachel wow. and I were both like, where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> like, he needs to do this. And then he walked back around the corner and we were like, oh, thank God. Okay. There's you- a
1: new kind of... Um... Anxiety that comes with musical auditions.
0: Oh, it's just it really, different. Singing different. in front of people is just...
1: It's different. You know. well, especially
0: if
2: you don't even know if you can sing. Like, that was my whole thing. Like, I, I sing before, but never in front of people. Like, in well, front of my and wife, occasionally. it depends occasionally. if you but. have
1: to um, rely on an accompanist or if you're doing an cappella. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, or if your music has to be a certain way for the accompanist to read it so that you can sing it a certain way. Mm-hmm. If it's only, like, 32 bars that you're mm-hmm. allowed or, you know, whatever the audition yeah. is... So that's
0: the, yeah. Yeah. And I remember looking at Nick when I went to sing, and he just had like his head in his hand. Oh, no. <laughs> he wasn't looking at anybody. It's like because it
4: was like, oh my God, this is so good. What am wa- I doing He here?
0: wasn't like paying attention to anybody. He was just like, okay, breathe, <laughs> breathe, breathe. Oh, yeah. You, know? you gotta
1: start somewhere, right? That's
2: true. And that's what, you know. And to be honest, I've had, ever since I saw Forum, I've had um, perform in a musical uh, production. On my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And seriously, 48 hours before the auditions, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I really don't want to do this. And my wife is just like, it's on your bucket list. You're going to do it. I'm not going to let you stay home and not do it. And I'm like,
1: okay. Good for her. Yeah, so a right. so big
2: shout out to Laura for that. Yeah. There you go. Um, truly supportive. But yeah, I was, I was ready to just be like, sorry, Patrick. Can't. Yeah. And make up some reason.
0: But. Well, we're super glad that you did. Mm-hmm. Because... You're perfect for the role, and it's going to be—it's going to be, it's gonna be a great fantastic. show. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for to it. put it all together. It's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. So it's another time for theater, theater family, family questions.
1: questions. Yay! All right, first <laughs> up, what is your favorite role that you've ever played so far, um, whether that be on stage or off?
2: Hmm. Um, my favorite role that I've ever played. Um, the okay, uh, probably Truffledino in The Servant of Two Masters. That one's really high up there because that was another one where I was the lead. Um, and it was there's like a lot of
4: improv, we right? went yeah.
2: into it, yeah, with this idea that this script is super old, like it's and there's parts of it that just aren't funny. Um, and so Patrick was just like, you know, let's explore what we can do with that. And there you know, a lot of people, and myself included had trouble really getting into that, and I really felt like by the last performance, I was like, yeah, I got this improv thing down. Yeah. <laughs> well, too bad that was Final
0: Curtain, but... Oh, uh, perfect time yeah. to hit my stride. Right, exactly. <laughs>
1: sometimes <laughs> that happens with shows. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you're always constantly improving, and so the last one, you really feel confident, but it's sad. But yeah. yeah, oh, definitely.
2: Um But, uh, yeah, that one would probably have to be my favorite simply because we were allowed to have so much freedom with it and really explore that. And we did that to an extent with Play On. Um, much to the director's chagrin, so Shane and I would play around with the lines and kind of bounce stuff back and forth. Sure. Um, and, and they really wanted us to stay a little bit closer to the script there, and we did for the most part, like when productions actually came. But you know, I slipped in a cheeky mammogram from time to time. And
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> had fun with it. So. <laughs> yeah, you are actually the only person I have seen that broke Stephanie White on stage at the performance. That I oh, was that's at. right. Yeah, he did oh, something. Was that in servant? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was. Cause that's the one where she like you guys were like the love she was interest. My love, yep, the love mm-hmm, interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cause at the end of it you were like I had her your arm around her and you said something and she just like buried her face <laughs> in her shoulder. Oh my and I wish I, I could remember what that was. <laughs> I was dying and you you were like shh, shh <laughs> she like, she her! <laughs> oh my
2: god, I remember the I remember the action. I don't remember what caused it though. Now oh, that you bring it up, I remember. Yeah, it was up.
0: so funny. But yeah. yeah, you're one of the only actors that I have seen that has broken,
4: <laughs> Stephanie
0: on stage. So kudos, Sweet. kudos, sir. Yeah. Put that in your accolades Add folder. That badge, yeah. <laughs> so if you had to pick a dream role to play or a dream show to be in or be a part of in any facet, what do you think you would choose?
2: That's a really good question, especially for me, simply because I know very little about theater. I mean, like I said, I I entered theater just by seeing a production here in the area, and that was how I got into it. Mm-hmm. And other than a couple of like films that I knew that I knew had once been shows, um, I really don't have much experience outside of that. Uh, so of what I know, which is in- incredibly limited, um, I would love to say that,
1: it could even be a type if you had sure. a character type you wanted. Sure.
2: Well, I love, I love dramatic acting because I don't feel like I do a lot of that with the shows that we do in this area, which is fine because everybody loves to laugh and comedy is great.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think that if I had to pick something... Um, and this is just one because it's one of my favorite movies and I know it was a production originally, but I'd love to do A Few Good Men, pretty much any role in that oh, movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, because that's a really powerful one and I love uh, I love the dramatic portrayal of the judicial system and I love everything that that's about.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of things I think Nick Corey could do. Oh, like oh, what? Yeah. Well, I want to see you play the Fiddler. Oh! Because... Yeah? Mm. I mean, he sang the song. That's what he used for That's his true, audition true. song. That was my audition song. Yeah, he it was. did. If I was a rich man, and it was super good because okay. the whole time he was like, "I can't sing, I'm not, I can't <laughs> sing," and then he gets up there and he started singing. We were all just like, "Look at you!" <laughs> like, "Look at you doing it." We're so uh-huh. it, was, it was like a proud papa moment, you know, <laughs> <laughs> watching it all happen. Even is Patrick is was like, "Finish the song." Like he had stopped yeah. at one point. Patrick's like, "Oh no." Yeah, to, to the it's end. like, isn't please. there a big finish? And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> do you really need it though. Do we need it? Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. We do for sure. So I think that would be good. Mm. And there's like, comedy-wise, because I enjoy you comedically as much as I do dramatically, mm-hmm. there's a new play that I don't know if the rights are out for it yet, but it's called An Act of God. Mm. It's a one-man show. Oh. And it's it's God. And he's on oh. stage and he's talking about like how he created the world and <laughs> like you know, he talks about famous people and how, you know, everyone thinks that, like, Jews were his chosen people, but actually it's celebrities. And, you <gasps> wow. know, but he's like, there's a lot of overlap, you know? Yeah. So it's, interesting. It's it's really, really funny. And there's, like, two little archangels that come down at one point. And there's mm-hmm. this big, like, I don't know, Armageddon scene kind of thing. But <laughs> oh, <it's okay>. how, <laughs> an asteroid literally comes on stage. And, yeah. so, but I think that would be really funny. You should look that up. I and will. would be good for that. An act of God. An act of God. Yep. Sean mm-hmm. Hayes did it for a while. He's the one who plays, like, Jack on Will and Grace. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and then Jim Parsons. Oh, okay. Was the one who originated the role nice. on Broadway. And nice. he brought, like, that, like, subtle, like, monotone, comedic <laughs> voice to <laughs> yeah. it. It was hilarious. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance, YouTube that, because it's real funny. Awesome. Yeah,
1: I'd have to. Um... <clears throat> Let's see here. So what is your most embarrassing moment that you can remember? It could be in rehearsals or on a show.
2: Oh, like um, I <laughs> I uh, try to live my theater life. I mean, everything about myself, like I said, I have uh, social anxiety to a certain extent. Um, it's not crippling, but it's to the point where I like to know what I am supposed to be doing Whenever I'm out in a group, I like to know my role, quote unquote. Okay. Um, and so I tend to avoid embarrassing situations at all costs. So I don't, probably don't have any great stories for this, but um, I will say that during a production of The Mousetrap, uh, during an actual production of it, we were doing our matinee on the Saturday. Um, there was a couple of instances where I almost broke the set, where I like knocked over a couple things or like I there's a part where I hide behind a window curtain and then I jump out and then like the window curtain ends up wrapping around the um the little thing holding all the umbrellas and that like falls over but that didn't happen during the production luckily. What did happen was I'm exploring the set when I'm all I'm let my character's left to his his own, you know, and so he's like a little curious guy, he's got to check everything out. He goes out one door stomps around backstage and then I come in another door just upstage on the platform and I did that I came in and I always slam the door because you know bang comedy loud everything so I slammed the door shut and that was when um part of the door actually fell off and landed on the platform and I had this moment where I'm standing there like well I can't just leave it there because (laughs) everyone can see it Uh so I just Picked it up, opened the door, and tossed it in. Whatever room is back there, like suddenly there's part of a door now. So and since then, oh my god, I'm talking about that. And then there's also the time that the couch broke on us during rehearsals of play on.
1: I heard about that. Yeah,
2: I can't believe I didn't think about that one first. <laughs> but yeah, there's so we had this rickety old couch with yeah. these wooden legs, and I kind of like fall onto it. Um, trip into uh, my scene partner's lap actually and when I did that and I got up and righted myself all of a sudden we hear the snap and next thing I know I'm falling back and I'm staring at my legs in the ceiling and and, and that was something else yeah Mm -hmm. so so breaking sets like that's something that the last two shows I've been in that's happened so yay (laughs) hopefully we can avoid that (laughs)
0: Well, if I know anything about musicals, they produce... <laughs> oh, great! They produce the even worst more. kind of moments. Yeah. Like and It's usually in the rehearsal process. Sure. Yeah. Like, by the time you get to performances, you've done it enough to where you can, like, avoid <laughs> all okay of that. But, I mean, you never know. With yeah. a, the monster of the one that we're putting together, I mean, I even know with, like, Legally Blonde, it was like, we didn't know. Yeah. sure it, it, Things could have went awry at any moment. <laughs> like, it, True. Uh, so... What was your inspiration? I mean, I know we talked about how you got started. Mm -hmm. Um, So what, instead of saying, like, what inspired you to become a part of community theater, what is really the inspiration for keeping it going? You know, Um, what motivates you to stick to that one show a year if you can? Sure. You know?
2: Well, like I said, I love the process. I love the creative process. I love exploring a role. Um... I love looking at how a character is written and how they change throughout the course of a production and then how I can emulate that or present that on stage. But really, ultimately, I'd have to say, and as corny as it sounds, what, I, what keeps bringing me back to theater is the people. I mean, it's the people that I work with, it's the people that I have worked with, and the people that I haven't worked with yet that I get the opportunity to at some point. Um, I love these relationships and I love these friendships that we've built over the years. Um, And these people who have been incredibly supportive and know, like, even the people who are new to theater, like, they get it. And they know, like, the anxiety and they know the the pressure that you feel at times. Um, And it's just, it's a different kind of connection that you don't necessarily get with, like, my gaming friends or, you know, my friends from work and that sort of thing. Sure.
1: There's a lot of um, team-oriented like. In order to put on a show, everyone has to work together. Oh, yeah. So if something happens, you really have to step up to like help the other person.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not
1: individualized at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, yeah, I love that about theater. Yeah.
0: Um, it's really one of those, like, if you think about the theater kids, it's you could almost think of it as like a high school clique, but it's the one clique that's going to let new people in. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. Like we're always accepting new members. Yeah. Yeah. Please <laughs> come be our friend. Like, yeah, I think as long
2: as you're dedicated or as long as you're willing to devote yourself to it, like that's literally the only stepping stone. And and then occasionally you get those people that feel like they've overcommitted or or um sure. don't seem like they take it as seriously as we would like. And and they're great and it's good that they're trying new things, but at the same time it's like you need to you need to take this <laughs> seriously like this yeah. is a production yeah. like I get it I get the absurdity behind people standing up there and acting like they're other people but you need to buy into it at least for this show you know exactly. what I mean exactly yeah. Yeah. and then but really I mean once, once everybody's willing to to embrace that absurdity
0: that's when it really opens up and it's like anybody mm-hmm. can do this I think we felt that a lot with um, with spam a lot. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. we had a lot of first timers. Oh yeah. Sure with that one. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, they were kinda like Oh, uh, you know, I don't really know, if, you know, I, you know. Yeah. I remember we had Skylar when we did um, the Lancelot number. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. I just
2: listened to that song again last night. I was yeah. like, that
1: was yeah. such a
0: good moment. I loved it. <laughs> it, it was... Highlight of my yes. life. Really. <laughs> I
1: watched it every time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fun fact: Stephanie was not going to put me in that number.
1: Really? Oh. Yeah. And
0: I looked at her and I was like, like No way. <laughs> <laughs> what you do so much already like you need a break and I was like uh no honey like you need some authenticity up on that stage so please put me in that number and I remember like the first day we did rehearsals for that it was just the five of us and we had quote-unquote gay camp where Stephanie and I taught these four other straight men like how to act gay that's hilarious in the total stereotypical sense of the right, word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is what really changed like that was the turning point for Skylar. Like he was just <laughs> kind of like going through the motions of it. Yeah. But he had to literally be something yeah. he absolutely it's was. It's true. Not, Everyone you know? else
1: had a little easier time getting there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like you know, we had Jesse who was just like I'll do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right, right, you know yeah. And it. <laughs> Ike had it in him, Phil had oh, yeah. it in him. Like, but Skylar was like, nope. <laughs> nope. don't know how to do it I don't Duh, like yep. it like <laughs> wow. I don't you know And he wasn't like offended by it it right. just like made him so like different. this isn't who I am like yeah. I can't do this and welcome to like, acting you right. can do it like that yeah that's, that's acting it's good that he was able to overcome that like that's oh, yeah. huge thing and by the end of it he had he was better than I was <laughs> It's By surprising. the internet. It better at being really gay now. Yeah. My mom, when she came and saw the show, she goes, Who is that young right. boy? She's <laughs> like, You should talk to him. He was cute. And I'm like, Mom, he's not gay. And she's like, Oh, well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But he did his thing up there.
1: If we were to hear you right now, he's still he's
0: still a good bud, you yeah. know. But it, it's exactly, you know, like what he said. It's just it gives you this opportunity, you have to buy into it. Mm-hmm. And really that do. was his moment where he bought into okay. I I'm doing something and if I don't do it right it's not going to make this look good. So, I got to buck up and for these three and a half minutes I'm a homosexual (laughs) and we're going (laughs) to do this, you know? Right. And he did and it was I think probably everyone's favorite moment from that show. I mean, there were cast members like, Oh, we
1: Jane. were all, like, we were all watching. It was the one time we were all watching. Like,
0: on the last time we did it, I went backstage, I remember talking to Bree, and she's like, I'm real sad I never get to see that again. No, oh. She's like, that's my favorite thing ever. <laughs> you know? And yes. Shane with, like, his big cod piece yes. and yes. everything. Like, oh, just, I, I watch <laughs> it on the DVD sometimes, just on, like, repeat, because it's just so good. <laughs> oh. So now that's out there. we have to ask him about his celebrity smoothie. Oh yes! All right. All right.
1: So, <laughs> if you were a smoothie, what celebrities would make up this drink? Wow.
2: Um, this is uh interesting. So, well, the first person that comes to mind, um, anytime I'm thinking about doing anything creatively, is Steve Martin, because he is the consummate entertainer. Like that is literally what he is. Whether it's acting, writing. Performing um, He I even mean, he plays a banjo like this guy is amazing. Absolutely. He is he is like I said the consummate entertainer So he's first and foremost the person I think of and then from there um, When it comes to just other actors that I admire or look up to people that I really want to try and emulate I love Sam Rockwell because he's such a malleable performer like he can play pretty much anything you give him I'm pretty much gonna be sticking to film like I don't, oh, yeah, I don't no. know okay, That's, yeah, okay. That, That's this fine. is open forum <laughs> I'd say if you're if you're waiting for like whoever like, you want stage actors other than like a few I don't really know um but but yeah Sam Rockwell because he is so um he can do anything that you give him mm-hmm. uh, dramatic or comedic um any kind of role uh and he he carries some movies I think in my opinion so that level of versatility is something that I definitely try and and get to and then from there um I don't know like uh Maybe I mean, I want to say Tom Hanks, but I don't think I can. Like, I don't think I'm there yet. I think (laughs) think he's he's something else. Like, he is another level, because he's not only versatile, but he's just such a master. You know what I mean? He's very
1: genuine. Exactly, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, And so he's someone that I would like to associate myself with at some
0: point. Mm -hmm. But I don't think
2: I've attained that. Not that I think I'm like Steve Martin either. I just, he's definitely always
0: been a role model. Well, there's like that generation of like, I guess what you consider for our generation, like... Older Hollywood at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you got Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, even Steve Martin at this point. You know, those kind of people that they're still working to this day Hmm. and they still bring, I don't know, in my opinion, a lot of times they bring a very youthful experience to their performance and, you know, they're in their mid 60s. Yeah. Sometimes even early 70s. George
1: Clooney still surprised me. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you know? Yeah. So, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, now that we've gone through all of our theater family questions, we're going to get into the topic of today's episode. Great. Uh, which is having multiple creative outlets. Mm. So mm. It, I see why I'm on this one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. You are always creating. And that's, that's right. you know, that Laura and I started talking about this podcast yep. because of... You know, all the creative different things that you put out there, <laughs> aside from just, you know, your stage performances right. and doing your doing your shows. So tell us a little bit about other projects that you have going. <sighs>
2: uh, there's a lot. Um, <clears throat> I'm currently on two different podcasts, uh, one of which is about a gaming podcast. It's literally just about one single game. Um, we all love that game so much. It's the Arkham Horror card game. Okay. Um, so it's based off of the works of H.P. Lovecraft. It mm-hmm. takes kind of a pulpy action style to the gameplay. Um, and it, they keep releasing like monthly updates for the game. So it's mm-hmm. a card game. Um, so I'm on that. I'm a part of, uh, there's four hosts all together. We do it bi-monthly, or bi-weekly. Excuse me. It's a lot of fun. Um, the other one I do is called The Novel Cast. That one is a solo podcast, so it's just me on it. And that one um, I just did as an experiment uh, last summer where I took one of a short, unreleased piece of fiction that I had written um, and I just narrated it. And I did voices for the characters. It was a small cast, like four characters. And then I just released it as a weekly podcast, like every week, a new chapter. And it, I mean, not a whole lot of people listened to it. It wasn't huge. Um, but I got one letter from one listener who just raved about it. Just like, this is amazing. I love it. You're so good. When are you doing more? And then a year later, this last, um, August was when I started season two. I did a full length novel. I'm doing a full length novel because it's still going, um, and yeah, that one's a lot of fun because like I said, it I, I do the characters um, and I it gives me this chance where I can look at my work and consider it from a point of view other than someone who's just reading it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then not only that, like I mentioned, I write. Um, I've been writing since about around the same time that I saw Forum. Like that was really when I kind of exploded creatively. Um, I started doing self-published fiction at that time. Now I pretty much stick to science fiction slash horror. Um, 2017 was a, a dry year for releasing new fiction, but I'm hoping to turn that around in 2018. Other than that, uh, what else do I do creatively? Theater, obviously, when I can, um, which it should be kind of obvious why I'm not able to do it all the time. I mean, right. yeah. on top of being a husband and a parent of two, yeah. like it's it's it gets taxing. You-
1: balance all of it do i (laughs) um
2: uh, carefully um i i'm a bear for schedule um like not necessarily meaning that when something's scheduled we need to stick to it Mm -hmm. but like as soon as you started talking to me about me being on the show travis like the first thing that i wanted to ask and i wanted to get on paper is when like when are we doing this Um, because if I, even if I just have a day, like, then I can, I can compartmentalize.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything with the family is so, it changes by the day. Sure. Like, we have our routines, obviously, but, you know, maybe there's something different that we want to do with Ellie. Like, we have to keep that time open. Um, and so really, I'm lucky in that my work, my job is pretty much the school day. So when I get home, that's when she's done with school. Um, so we have that two or three hours in the evening, where we're all together as a family for dinner and all that. Um, But then, of course, you get rehearsals that just kind of throw that up in the air. Sure. Um, It's really just, like, family will always be the highest priority. Mm -hmm. And then everything else kind of falls below that as far as making sure that I'm scheduling things right and balancing it. Um, And then I have to, I mean, I'm going on and on, but um, there are times when I have to be okay saying, this can wait. And that has especially, and that's pretty much what happened with my writing recently. Is it's just like there's so many other things happening, there's so much other stuff that requires my attention, that even though I'm like, you know, I could just stay up from like eleven to one (laughs) a.m. and just write at that time, that when that time comes, I'm just too exhausted from everything else in the day, and so I have to be fine saying, I'll write again. You know, I will get there again. I have plans and everything. I just, it's okay not doing it right now.
1: How about um, because I know. I, no, I didn't do anything. All right. Go. Um, I'm good. Um, um, I'm good.
2: Um, almost had to start over. It's it's still right, happening. The I, whole I, thing is garbage. it all again.
1: No, so I find with um, anything uh, that you have to brainstorm or, mm-hmm. you know, come up with, even if it's, like, painting or something, um, getting in that, like, creative mindset or where your brain is wanting to create something, mm-hmm. it takes time, and you have to want to be there or be there already. Right. Um, so when you're scheduling, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to like, no, it's <laughs> fathom, really, no, like how I, do you just like jump in? Like, all right, I'm going to write like tonight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like,
2: get it out. There. Automatically yeah. just be there. Um, or if
1: you like take a break, like, it's hard how do you get it, back in.
2: And that's another reason why it's been difficult for me to get back into writing after having so many months off. Uh, because I am a creature of habit, and that's like when I had consistency. When I knew that mm-hmm. okay, every morning from six a.m. to eight a.m. is my writing time. Sure. You know, because everyone else is still getting up and blah blah blah. Um, like that, it made it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, the brainstorming part has always been easy for me, simply because my brain is always going. Like I'm always rolling ideas around, whether it's hey, that's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's projects I want to do, stories yeah. I want to explore, stuff like that. Um, and so then anytime I get a free moment, I'll whip my phone out and I'll open up Evernotes and I'll really quick just jot a few ideas down. And then as soon as I get home, I'll take like 10 minutes where I'm like, all right, I'm going to put these in a way that makes sense. And that if I look at them later, I'll know what I was thinking. So, so I.
1: you're never not practicing.
0: Very true. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, He's way more organized at it <laughs> than I am. I get about 37 ideas a day, and I mean, this happened a year and a half later. It's true. It's so true. like, <laughs> out of the 4,000 ideas that I've had, one has come to life, and it took two years to do it. I mean, <laughs> right. Shows my dedication to the process, I suppose. But I mean, I'm always in a show, so yeah. like, yeah. I'm always doing something creative at some point. Sure. And then like when i get a break mm-hmm. i just like okay what's on netflix like <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so easy to do that i need to shut my brain off for a second too many
1: ideas that i want to do yeah. too many that mm-hmm. like gets overwhelming and then i like lost practice so then i have to get back into it it takes right. me a while to learn
2: and that is or, difficult or like retrain myself like i said the brainstorming part comes easy to me like right now i have my next i started a horror novella series last year and i only have one novella in it Currently released. But I have the next three like totally planned out. Like I can sit sure. down and start writing them at any time. But that but actually sitting down and writing the story, or actually sitting down and doing the the actual work, like the the um the actual production part requires a different level of focus. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is a little hard to come by given my current living situation. We currently live in an apartment, whereas we used to rent a house. Mm-hmm. Um and the apartment, I mean, everything is everybody's in the same space all the time. And so it makes focus a little bit more difficult. And then by the time the kids go to bed and we're winding down for the day, well, I really don't want to start an intensive project at that time. You know what I mean? Exactly. So getting back into it after a break is hard, but that's, again, if you set that time aside, and this is speaking from experience, if you create a block of time, even if it's just a half hour every day, and you tell yourself for that half hour, all I'm doing is this, then it will become easier and eventually you can expand on that when the opportunity arises and you'll
0: end up Making more headway than you expect. The writing process has like always fascinated me.
3: Yeah, me too. You know, because I
0: think about like what he just said about how like he he's here, but he has the next three things yeah. all planned out. I think about I watched this documentary on. Um, I really. It wasn't a documentary. It was more of a uh, like a movie about J.K. Rowling and mm. the process of how she created like Harry Potter and the universe. Ooh. The first thing she ever wrote was the end. She had the last, like, chapter of that book. She knew exactly how she wanted this entire thing to end. Hmm. At the end of all of it. She didn't know how long it was going to yeah. be, how many books there were, but she knew exactly how she wanted it to end. Huh. And she put that in, like, a yellow folder, and she typed it out, <laughs> and she just put it away. And she knew. Ex- she always knew, I have to get to that point yeah. at some time. And then the rest of it just started yeah evolving and it became these books and then I at like the that end Feel I would of make it easier. You know, I mean it, I guess it's not a bad way to go if you know yeah. exactly how you want to end it then you yeah. just you build the road to get to that point. Yeah. You know, and some people don't know that, but I just thought that was really fascinating that she always knew. Mm-hmm, and like, then I had like what she wanted to happen.
1: I've had friends too that um like they have the whole story in their head, but hmm. they in order to fully justify the story um they wanted to have certain experiences in their life hmm. in order to like fully realize that vision sure. for the story. Oh yeah, a lot of
0: people just they pull from their real life experiences. Yeah, you know, like I keep going. I just I'm a Harry Potter freak, so I'm, <laughs> I keep Potter, going Harry back. <laughs> I keep going back to her, but like yeah. you know the the Gringotts bank and the bank tellers, mm. those are all based on when she was living on like welfare for her and her daughter, and she mm-hmm. would have to go and like get her card stamped and stuff. Those oh. goblins and those like grumpy people are all <laughs> based on those people that were in that was office. Was that all
1: in the documentary?
0: Yeah, it was all in this movie. I need to watch it. Like, <laughs> it's I so good. It. It, it shows how she started on a train, and then like yeah. she put it down, mm-hmm. and she kept all these papers as she would get ideas. She'd write it all down in pen, and she'd stick it in this box. <laughs> and she just wow. put everything in this like so patterned cool. box that yeah. she had. And she'd dig through things and take it out and put it where it would go and you know every time an idea would strike her she would just write it down and figure out a way to integrate that in Hmm. I mean and it was maybe three or four years into starting the process of creating the world where she actually like at this time bought a typewriter (laughs) and started chapter one Mm. like it took her that long to put it together before Mm. she actually started writing Mm. and I think that that's what you know I have a hard time with that cuz I literally just want to grab my computer and go chapter 1. Go. <laughs> like that's, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, but that's definitely how I started
2: with writing was like just open up the word processor and just like what am I thinking about? Boom, let's just start there and then let's see where this goes and next thing I know I'm, you know, 16,000 words into a into a document and then it gets to a point. The problem with that is that if I don't if I don't have a plan, it's I'm getting kind of philosophical here, but um uh, I treat writing much like I treat so much other aspects of my life where if I let my emotion lead it, emotions are fickle and they change. And yeah. They're always going to, you know, they're always going to, sometimes I'm going to love this thing and then I'm going to hate it and blah, blah, blah. And that's how I used to do with my writing. It's like, I love this idea. Let me start writing it. And I would just write it. But then it's like, well, it turns out I, I actually don't love it right now. Like, I just don't like it. I don't want to deal with it. It's boring. I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And once I started approaching it, because I'm a very logical person, once I approached it from this stance of like, what story would be satisfying for me to tell and what aspects would be would i want in that story once i start approaching it from more of a from a logical standpoint and less mm-hmm. like what do i love right now and what do i want to explore like emotionally right now mm-hmm. and that happens during a story but i find that i'm more productive when i approach it from a stance where it's like let's think about what's important for me to say right now or what story I can tackle, and that's why I go for the outline, and I make sure I have, not a hard outline, because stories do change as you're writing, sure. and that's a that's an experience that's really hard to get across to people who haven't really experienced it firsthand, but when you're writing something, and you realize that you left yourself breadcrumbs or threads in previous stuff that link to this, and you realize that, oh, this it feels more like you're exploring a story than you're creating it, you know what I mean, and I'm sure I, I haven't seen that I haven't even honestly read all of Harry Potter, but I'm sure that J.K. Rowling would have sensed that at least a couple times where it felt like this
0: story already existed and she's just kind of unearthing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and there's tons of stuff out there, even with her books, of, like, all these things that are people like, well, you didn't finish this, you didn't finish that. And, like, in her brain, everything's fine. Sure. You know, and she got all of it out. Mm -hmm. But other people see the breadcrumbs that maybe the creator didn't. Right, you know, and she just Mm -hmm. didn't pick up on that, Mm -hmm. and she's like, "Oh yeah," but then there's
1: so much that yes, yeah. I mean, you create.
0: She created an entire world, (laughs) (laughs) an entire separate dimension, if you will, Mm of living and lifestyles and how people interact with you. I mean, down to even how their emotions differ from like a normal human being, like everything. Like, so, obviously, yeah, I'm going to leave a thread untied somewhere. Like, <laughs> sure, pardon sure. me. <laughs> but then there are things,
2: like, in book one that connect to something in book five, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And sometimes they come up with that idea in book five and go, I need to seed that. I need to find a place to start that idea. Mm-hmm. And other times they go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened in book five? And then you go back and look through what you've written and you're like, oh my God, I totally set it up already. Like, I'm good to go. Like, yeah. that's, that's a revolutionary moment where you're just, where you're like, wow, like, I apparently I knew what I was doing back then. Trust apparently, in past self. I'm a self. genius. Yeah. I, am, yeah. I am a genius. See,
0: and I just think, like, the whole point of the multiple creative outlets is just letting people know that there's other things that you can do if you find yourself, yeah. like, mm-hmm. feeling like you want to do something. Things, yeah, or in between, yeah, as creative people ourselves, I always feel like when I'm not in a show, like I need to be doing something. Yeah,
3: exactly. Oh yeah.
0: I always talk about like at the end of Young Frankenstein, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I need a break. Because I'm doing <laughs> back-to-back <laughs> shows. Four days into that, I'm gonna be like, uh, okay, break. breaks over. When, when <laughs> are the next auditions? Yeah. Can yeah. I can I do something? Like I really, <laughs> how many interviews can we line up for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I need to do a bunch of them. Yeah. You know, I just I get restless. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I just it sometimes it's nice to get done with work, come home and. Veg out a little bit, but other times it's like, okay, I gotta be, to I gotta this, go. I need yeah. the interaction. If anything, I just need like the, because that's when we see our friends. True, <laughs> we're in our group is when we we're. Just mentioned <laughs> that the other day. Yeah, yeah, like
1: the only time we see each other is in a show or. Yeah. It's crazy because yeah.
0: we all live near each other. Exactly, yeah, we all live in the same <laughs> <Why>? town. <laughs> we think that? we live on opposite it's sides a of the small globe. Town. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like it's not that not big. big. There's like four thousand yeah. people that live here. Yeah. <laughs> Like, 50 of us hang out together in this whole theater group <laughs> and we <laughs> never see each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to, like, set up a whole Christmas party just so people exactly. would come over to my house. <laughs> exactly. You know?
2: Uh. On, on the subject of creativity, too, though, real quick, I do want to say that um, to the listeners and to you guys, but I know that you two are pretty open to exploring stuff, if ever you've thought about trying something or you look at someone who does something really well, like when I saw Mitchell in Forum, or when I read my first book by Michael Crichton, and you think, wow, they're so good, I wish I could do that. Creativity is, honestly, it's a skill. Writing is a skill, acting is a skill. These are things that, with practice and with time and effort, you can get better at. So I highly encourage everybody to always try new creative stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, If I can find time for doing four different things at once, I'm sure you can find time to do one thing or two things or try something new. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Don't ever think
0: that it's stuff that you're born with because it's not. You work at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm not a very creative person." It's yeah. like, "Well, you're just you are. You just You just
1: haven't, you you just haven't that
0: untapped that yet. Yeah. You know, you haven't tapped into your creative side. You need to find something that you're passionate about, Exactly. that you want to do and, you know, I'm not like a like a physical um like, art kind of person. I can't mm. draw. Sure. I can't paint. Like, I did that painting of a, a guitar at a traveling art pub, and that's about the extent of my... You know, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it framed. You got it displayed. But, right. like, you know, I did it, so yeah. it's like it's in my house. Be proud of it. You know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, it's the performance art is where I found, you know, where I thrive, mm-hmm. and it gets all of my creative... Some people, like, it's just writing. And as long Same. as they can just... Right, 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 and get it all out like right. that's satisfying to them. So yeah, I think just finding what works best for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of people will talk to here. Theater is that, hmm. and that's what we all kind of have in common. But we also have other people that do things outside of theater. We have people that teach dance or yeah. mm-hmm. take dance classes. You yeah. know, or there's like you yourself, Laura. Do did a lot of improv? Yeah, yeah. Before theater in your life, you know, you were part of an improv troupe. So that was the Creative outlet for you at that point. You I know, also it's... like to paint. Oh, yeah. Do you?
1: I do. <laughs> well, look at me
0: learning new things about my co hosts <laughs> <laughs> You paint?
1: Yep, and I just started learning to quilt.
0: Ooh, I, um, my goodness! All these things. Are you making a baby blanket?
1: I'm making a baby quilt. Oh
0: my <laughs> yeah.
1: god. It's really cute. It has robots and like, <laughs> planets on it. Because,
0: you know, it's of the same. Not yeah,
1: surprised. It's just... I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, now anyway, it's time.
1: To do the game. For
4: our
0: oh, game right, which we right. like to call, Sell, Sell Me in a Minute. minute. So, <laughs> right. the idea behind this is we're going to give you a product and a character. Yep. And you have to sell us that product in one minute Mm -hmm. while being that character. Okay. So, your product (laughs) is you are the new owner of a ethnic dance studio. (laughs) Sounds like me. So you're
1: selling your classes in your studio. Okay.
0: And your character is a pompous British socialite with a toothache.
4: Oh my god.
0: This is the quality is, content we yes. bring to you here. Oh, yeah. I wow. can't I have rehearsed. Pompous and, uh, I'm sorry. You pompous? can
1: take fifteen seconds, yeah, thirty sure. seconds to think about it. I might
2: have to find my voice.
0: Pompous yeah. British what was the right socialite. With,
1: with a socialite. toothache. Okay. With a toothache. Very specific.
0: Mm, yeah, that is. <clears throat> we like to we like to drill it down. It,
1: we do. Ethnic dance.
0: Yeah. So you take the word ethnic and And you go with with whatever. Oh my God. We didn't want to get too specific about stuff. (laughs) Jesus.
2: Now I gotta suddenly find my British accent.
0: Yep. Get into it.
2: Well,
1: think Sherlock. Yeah.
2: My wife and I have just been—we've been watching the Inbetweeners, which is a raunchy British comedy show. (laughs) And you think I would have it, but now, of course, with the mic in front of me, I can't find it. Um.
0: That's the whole point. We love the pressure. Yeah, yeah. We, love, <laughs> we, love, we love to create anxiety. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're just, doing a good job. This is just tapping into everything you hate. Right? Yeah, it really <laughs> is.
2: Uh, if we want to invite some more people over to watch. <laughs> really good. Um, okay. Uh, right. British. Uh, Cockney, or no, if I'm a socialite, I should
4: probably be a bit more higher class, a bit more... A little bit more proper, but I have a toothache. All right, yeah. I think I can do this. <laughs> Get it going. It's great. <laughs> it's
3: great. I do <laughs> be
0: Perfect.
4: Let me know when the, the, the time starts. Okay. Is
0: it just whenever go. I'm ready? or? Yeah, well, we're at 10. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, All right. Well, spoiler alert, folks. I'm just trying to time it with what I'm watching. Yeah, <laughs> and.
4: Hello. Hello, my name is uh, Sir Wilfred uh, uh, Pennybottom and I am here with uh, Wilfred Pennybottom School of African Dance. Now, I know that you're wondering, oh god
0: damn it, I know that you're
4: wondering um, uh, specifically, how does Pennybottom get such good African dance classes? Well, the only way to find out is to come down and try it for yourself. We have every kind of dance that is native to the uh, continent of of. Africa. So if you just come, oh, jeez. If you just make your way down, you'll see our, our wonderful t- uh, teachers which actually right now is just myself. Um, but I can guarantee you that you will get an experience unlike anything else that you've ever wit- w- witnessed. Uh, um, yes, that being said, uh, Pennybottom School of African Ethnic Dancing uh, and uh, a free uh, headdress with uh, your first class. <laughs> Is that yeah, a minute?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh God,
0: yeah. so good. That was everything I was wanted great. it to be. That was great. I, was, I knew that was going to be so perfect. We went through so many ideas for you. Wow. So was, what were some of the other ones? Can I hear, do? Uh, do you remember any of them? Or? We were going to have you sell us like eating ice cream on Mondays and, like, <laughs> as a pompous British. You are, yeah, you were always going to be a pompous British oh, socialite yeah, with a yeah, toothache. Yeah, <laughs> That that wasn't gonna (laughs) change. Funny, just what you were gonna sell is that, and then we talked about it, and I was like he doesn't know a lot about dance. Let's make him sell us <laughs> yes, dance. Was it funnier. obvious that I didn't And then <laughs> we sat here? I'm sitting here, I'm like, come up with a move or something. Yeah. <laughs> we were thinking like, well, what kind of dance? And I was like, well, if we just make it ethnic, he can just run with it. Because <laughs> yeah. let- we thought like, I mean, like salsa dance and you yep. went into African dance studio. I was like, <laughs> yes! You did not even think of that.
3: Yeah.
0: It's so awesome. That's great. Well, Nick, we're reaching the end. Mm. which yeah. I'm sad about because yeah. I'm really enjoying this conversation but our listeners are going <laughs> to phase out here at some yeah. point <laughs> so uh, we have a question that we're going to ask everybody at the end um, and that's what do you want to have kind of as your final word to our audience our listeners here you know take, you can take the time to plug something a project that you have anything that you think people would be interested in sure. piece of advice for people like you said earlier who maybe want to get creative Sure. you know what message do you want to portray to them
2: um, well, first of all, I will get this out of the way and say that if you have any interest in following any of my creative exploits, um, NicholasCory.com, K-O-R-Y. It's my last name, Nicholas. I don't know if there's any weird way to spell that, but N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. You'll find it. Um, but some uh, people
0: put a K in there. Some do. They're wrong.
2: But <laughs> uh, uh, NicholasCory.com. I I have a blog on there that I update semi kind of regularly. Um, and that also is the uh, where I have my podcasts uh, put on there. I also have um, other videos and uh, posts and projects, and I'm always updating it with creative stuff that's going on. You can also find all my writing on there. Um, uh, otherwise, I would just like to say, uh, reiterate and echo kind of what I said earlier, where if there's anything creative that you've ever been inspired by or anything that you thought that'd it be fun to try, but you never did, um, go out and try it. Uh, if I hadn't tried... If I hadn't tried theater, I wouldn't be here, sitting here right now, doing this wonderful podcast. If I hadn't tried writing, I wouldn't be, you know, planning books in the future. And, and again, creativity is a skill. If you stick with something and you put the time and effort into it, you will make progress, you will get better at it, and you will be proud of the work that you put out.
0: That's what I have to say. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. You were one of our, like we said earlier, one of our top people that we definitely <laughs> wanted to interview because you just have so many different ideas running through your head and you're you're one of the rare people I think that really can bring them out you know Mm -hmm. you have a plan in your head of wanting to you have an idea you have a conceived notion of what you want to do with it and you actually make it happen you know (laughs) and a lot of people go by and they have all these creative things they want to do and it just never gets out there so it's just It's your contribution to the world, just like this is for Laura and I. You know, this took us a while to get going, but we're so excited that it's finally happening. Yeah, this is great. So, well, guys, that's it for another episode of I Can't. I have rehearsal a community theater podcast.
1: And next up, we've got Stephanie White as our guest.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking with her about her exploits as a stage manager and as a choreographer.
1: Exactly. For our
0: community theater productions here in the Brainerd Lakes area. So look for that. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great day.